This is the Simi Sarah Show on News Talk 980 CKNW, Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. Sitting in for Simi Sarah today. Good morning, Gord. Good morning, Joe. Good morning. How are you? Fine, thank you. Excellent. It's nice to be here uh, and have my voice back. Last time I was here, I couldn't even speak. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. You were uh, sick. Yeah, yeah, sick it was, as, a, it was a tough a, slog. But you were toughing it up. <laughs> Taking one for the team. I did. I did do that. Uh, speaking of the team, senators' expenses, they don't have to pay back quite as much as we thought they might have had to. Yeah, if you remember the big stink about uh, senators, the Duffy thing, and there was like a million bucks that the Auditor General had raised uh, questions about were they legitimate expenses or not. So at that time, they set up a process by which which senators, if they didn't like what the Auditor General was saying, they could put their expenses, their claimed expenses, to an arbitrator. Well, the arbitrator was former Supreme Court Justice Ian Binney. Fourteen senators did so. And today, Binney came out with his ruling. Now, at issue was about $322,000 worth of expenses. And uh, the former judge said, you know what, I think really uh, about half of those were legit and the senators should pay back uh, about $177,000. So at least 10 of the 14 senators saw the amount of money that they have to pay back uh, reduced, and senators have 30 days to pay all that money back to the taxpayer. He says nobody was really trying to uh, scam the system. He used the phrase he didn't think anybody was gaming the system. Rather, he thought that they legitimately believed these to be their entitlements. He's gone through and said, yeah, about half of them are, half of them aren't, the ones that aren't paying back. I thought that was an interesting phrase, uh, as you just said in the quote from him. They acted in accordance with what they believed to be their entitlement. So what's the problem here? Is it that the rules aren't clear enough or uh, or they just don't get to what they're supposed to be spending money on or allowed to be spending money on? Uh, maybe a little of everything. Uh, glass half full, yes. It's the rules aren't clear enough. Clear enough, Jill. Glass half empty. These jerks damn well knew that they shouldn't have done it. Their uh, their entitlements. Remember the cabinet minister, former cabinet minister, I think under the Conservatives, who had like a fourteen dollar glass of uh, orange juice. Well, you know, is it that attitude? So I think critics would say, yeah, you know, entitlements is the key word here. That's the problem. And uh, supporters would say, yeah, you know what, the rules weren't as clear as they should have been. Clearly, in the Mike Duffy case, his whole defense in the criminal trial is that, oh, the rules aren't clear enough. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, as I say, it, it, you know, supporters will say, yeah, uh, that's the case, and the judge agreed with them, and detractors will say, yeah, um, you know, the rules aren't clear enough, and, you know, about $177,000 they claimed and shouldn't have. We will see uh, what happens next and if this does anything to uh, help people who perhaps are a little skeptical of the Senate. <laughs> uh, you, that's an understatement. <laughs> Just a little bit. Uh, let's move on. Uh, also happening right now, this seems to be happening more and more, talking about a bit of a, a witch hunt on social media in trail after a picture of a man who was looking at his phone. Somebody deemed it to be suspicious. They sent it out there. And uh, another reminder that you can really hurt someone's reputation if you make assumptions. Boy, oh boy, is this a cautionary tale. And it it got to the point where Trail RCMP, the local RCMP detachment, staff sergeant there, spent much of a day uh, trying to sort this thing out. So there's an older gentleman at a restaurant. Apparently he can't see that well, so he's got the phone up to his eyes quite close. Well... Some young ladies nearby thought he was taking pictures of them like he's a creep or a perv. So they fire his picture, his picture off and fire it out on Facebook. And, of course, it goes, goes, you know, 
goes around in that community. Trail is not the largest community in British Columbia. So, bam, it's gone real fast. Well, it turns out the guy wasn't taking dirty pictures or he's not a perv. He can't see his phone, so he was looking to see the text. I got a couple of friends who do that, and when I go for a run, I'm doing the same thing. I can't read without my glasses on. So it, it turns out that the, the, the guy's daughter in Calgary, the guy's son, were on the blower to the RCMP. RCMP initially didn't know who it was until the guy phoned them and said, hey, it's me. What's the big deal? And it, it was completely innocent. That's the point, completely innocent. And what the RCMP are saying is, hey, you know, so their family is devastated. You know, he's a, he's a father. Uh, he's got kids, you know, adult children. He, they're, they're devastated. And, and, you know, the young people, it's the message to the, the young people involved is that, hey, you know, be aware that when you do something like that, because what they did was they put his picture up. Ah, it looks like a perv. Anybody know this guy? And boom. So it's a, a cautionary tale of be careful what you do with social media because it can hurt people. And it, it, it appears very much like this gentleman and his family have been hurt. Well, and it's also, to me, it's just a stark reminder of how we've stopped talking to each other. Why couldn't they have just gone over to him and said, hey, guy, are you taking my photo? What are you doing? He would have said no. I'm not a perv. I can't see my phone. That would have been the end of it. But we're so quick now. People just post whatever they want and think they're right. They know what's going on. And boom, something like this happens. Imagine just, I think you're right. And I think, I don't think it would have been, oh, I, I just can't read my phone. You know, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, really, I just, I, I can't read my phone very well. I'm not taking your picture. And of course, it begs the question that if he's looking, you know, got the phone so close to his face because he can't read the print very well, he's probably not that adept at taking pictures. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, human contact would have nipped that in the bud. It would have been a misunderstanding. Nobody really hurt. Uh, no feelings hurt. Uh, but boy, and, and it, it's you're right now you've got some some upset people and uh, on both sides and and it became a much bigger deal than it needed to be. Definitely. Gord, we will take a short break. We will continue taking a look at what's happening right now when we return. Your face is so stupid. I hate you, John Krasinski. <laughs> Is there a Kickstarter campaign for Kevin James to never make another movie? Nick Offerman's hands seem crazy small compared to his head. Mean tweets. Gordy could read mean tweets. Have you ever had any of those? Uh, no. I'm, I have trouble getting the spelling right in my tweets. <laughs> 140 characters, and I feel, still find a way to screw it up. Uh, Twitter is 10 years old today. Uh, so it was started 10 years ago. And uh, a couple of things. One is um, its influence has been huge in the past decade on some very big stories. For instance, the Arab Spring, the uprising in a number of Arab countries, a huge, huge influence. The flip side of that is that uh, ISIS, Islamic State extremists, are accused of using Twitter both to spread propaganda and as a communication tool for their folks who are doing all kinds of terrible things uh, in the Middle East. Um, the other story on Twitter is that while those in news, entertainment, and the news media follow it religiously, uh, does the rest of the world? Maybe not so. What, 320 million people use Twitter every month? That's about, uh, I think it's roughly one-fifth of Facebook. Right. So when it comes to impact among the masses, uh, Facebook would probably be much bigger. And I guess that reflects um, 
the falling value of Twitter uh, when it went public in 2013. It was selling for uh, the, well, the, the shares went on sale. The value was $24 billion, and today the value is considered about $11 billion. So it's one of those things that, uh, depending on your job and your life, you use a lot. Uh, but is it uh, as profitable as some of the other high-tech things like Apple or Facebook? No, it isn't. Yeah, the profit not there. Interesting, though, it's been around for 10 years. And you're right, when we see those big news stories, uh, good and bad, uh, just uh, amazing how people go and get their news from Twitter. They do, although it's interesting. I've got younger people in my house, and they're not particularly active on Twitter. They tend to be much more active on Facebook, uh, Instagram. Uh, some of the other services. And um, as I said, it was interesting in in, in looking at this, um, and you know I'm a bit of a Luddite, uh, but it was like we are into Twitter in the news media. News makers, politicians are into Twitter. Uh, And, of course, we know movie stars, you know. I think it's Katy Perry leads the pack with 80 million. And that was a huge deal a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, the Kardashians have all these people who follow them. They must have so much influence on our lives. And I'm beginning to wonder if, well, wait a minute, you know. So, yeah, it's kind of like email was going to change everything, and uh, it did and it didn't. Uh, And I wonder, again, if Twitter is going to be one of these things that has changed everything. Yes, Uh, 140 characters, yes. But has it changed everything substantively in life? Um, Maybe, maybe not. The Internet, of course, is you know, is is huge. Twitter, uh, I guess, would be a piece of the Internet, if you like. So things like the Arab Spring is huge. Bad guys using it like ISIS is, is huge. But uh, I don't know. Are as many of our listeners right now listening to you and me, oh, you know, on Twitter 80 t- 85 times a day. We are in the news media, but we're kind of a small group, and we sometimes don't have our priorities right. Small, strange group. Yes. All right, we'll move on to uh, the next big story. In my next life, when I come back, I want to be someone in the WTA because <laughs> they, they ride on the coattails of the men. They don't make any decision, then they're lucky. They're very, very lucky. I, if I was a lady player, I'd go down every, every night on my knees and thank God that the Roger Federer and the Rafa Nadal were born because they've carried this. Can you believe this guy? That's, that's Raymond Moore. He's the CEO of Indian Wells, the big tennis tournament that just wrapped up on the weekend. And the WTA is the Women's Tennis Association. He's talking about women's tennis. So he thinks female tennis stars, the pros, should be down on their knees uh, every night thanking their lucky stars that the men are doing such a great job and the money they make because the men, of course, are, are far superior and make a lot more money, bigger television contracts, etc., um, uh, you know, they should be thankful. Then um, Djokovic, who won the tournament and is uh, maybe one of the best tennis players ever, uh, he then put his foot in it too. Uh, he was asked about it at the news conference, and he said, um, you know, I, I, women should fight for what they think they deserve, and we men should fight for what we think we deserve as long as it's there and data and stats available. So he's basically saying, look, you know, the men's game, we prove that we draw more people and more TV ratings. But then he goes on to say he has tremendous respect for female athletes uh, and is completely for women power. And if I can just quote here again, Jill, because it may make your head explode. Knowing what they, knowing what women have to do with their bodies, have to go through with their bodies, they're much different than men's bodies. They have to go through a lot of different things that we don't have to go through. You know, the hormones and the different stuff. We don't need to go into the details. Ladies, you know what I'm talking about. Really, really great admiration and respect for them to be able to fight on such a high level. So every woman working 
today, anywhere in society, boy, it's, you know, you should be thankful that the men have led the way, and we know that you have such a difficult time because of your bodies. It's just, it's insane. And Serena Williams kind of blew the whole thing out of the water. She was uh, the finalist in the, in the finals, was upset in the finals. And, you know, she points out that, wait a minute here, was it at Wimbledon? <laughs> we sold out yeah. faster than the men. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm still I'm shocked. I'm still amazed at some of the things he said. And we're going to uh, open up the phones on this one and get some feedback a bit later on. What was I? Clearly, he wasn't thinking. Uh, Billie Jean King, okay, who mm-hmm. you know was such a pioneer in so many different ways, said, "You know, there's so I'm 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 so I'm completely disappointed. It is so wrong on so many <laughs> levels. And I think you know the, the buzz line will be buzzing. And I think the open line and and uh, Online, it just like if you take that logic, it just doesn't work anymore. No. Yeah, your body's different than mine, but you know you got to host a talk show. It's like oh, I, I, I'm having trouble expressing myself. <laughs> All right, Gore, take a breath. Take I a will. breath. We're going to take a break, and we'll continue with what's happening when we come back. Change is hard in our own lives and in the lives of nations, and change is even harder when we carry the heavy weight of history on our shoulders. But today we are making these changes because it is the right thing to do. Today America chooses to cut loose the shackles of the past so as to reach for a better future. Barack Obama. In Cuba, in Havana. Uh, So he has meeting with Raul Castro this morning, uh, and it is the official welcome. So there was a kind of a cool ceremony where Cuban soldiers were holding the Cuban and the American flags and playing the two national anthems. For an awful lot of people in the United States, uh, especially places like Miami, New York City, which is a very emotional uh, day uh, because, uh, you know, many lifetimes have happened and that this, this reapproachment between the two countries was not even thought possible. Um, interesting to see what comes out of this meeting, though. Uh, there's a Starwood Hotels is going to redevelop three hotels. Cuba really wants the American tourism. But, and there's the trade embargo. Congress controls the trade embargo, not the president, though. And mm-hmm. Congress is controlled by the Republicans. So that may end up being a political fight in the States. Uh, he goes to a baseball game tomorrow. The Cuban national team takes on the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, so it, it's interesting. It's interesting, going to be interesting to see with this normalization of relations with nuts and bolts stuff for little people, uh, you know, regular folks, what is, is this visit going to mean? Uh, it's huge at the top political level, but at the, you know, for someone who wants to go to Cuba or come, come from Cuba. Uh, Google is going to, I think it was Google announced today, they're going to uh, Wi-Fi uh, or put in internet connections throughout the island. Wow. Huge, huge we're, we're talking about Twitter and <laughs> Facebook and, and all that kind of thing. So a, a huge deal. And, and hopefully it's a, it's a very good day on both sides. All right, Gord, good to chat with you. We'll check in with you tomorrow. The news to 1030 is coming up next. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk.